Welcome to Mission Sunlight Chat from the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. We're in our studio here in Chattanooga, Tennessee in the USA. Wherever you are around the globe, welcome to our program. My name is Christopher Beeson and our Director of Production and Engineering today is Jordan Wagner. Mission Sunlight Chat is a nonprofit organization, Christian media production. If you'd like to know more, you can visit us at missionsunlight.org. If you want to give, you can click donate there. We appreciate whatever you'd like to do for this work. One more thing before we get into today's program. We want to touch more lives for Jesus. We want to share the story of Jesus to spread the truth as it is in Jesus. So if you can't share your time, your prayers, or your monies, would you please share the link to today's program with a friend or even an enemy? Post it on your social media. Text it to a friend right now. Even snail mail it if you want. Share Mission Sunlight Chat today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Clifford Goldstein is our guest today on Mission Sunlight Chat. Clifford, thanks so much for joining us. Glad to be here. I think I've heard other people refer to you as Cliff. Do you like that's that? Good. That that's, works fine. That's yeah. okay. All right. Well, Cliff, why don't you open us with a word okay. of prayer as we begin? Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the the gift of salvation, for the hope that we have in a world that, in and of itself, offers none. And mm. we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Clifford, you are um, based here in our area, near Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, tell us what you're doing, what you're up to these days. Well, I'm going, actually going on my 40th year next year and working. It's called the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. It's the world headquarters of the Adventist Church. Mm -hmm. And I had some family issues and stuff, and so I was able to telecommute. Mm -hmm. So I've been in this area now just about three years and two days. And But I do still work at the General Conference, and I... I, I for the about for the past 24 years I've been editing it, the Sabbath school quarterly. It's mm -hmm. it's officially the adult Bible study guy, but most people still call it the quarterly. And it's for those of you who I mean most from those most of you know what it is. For those who don't, it's it's basically you know the Adventist Church is spread out over all over the world and. Uh, Every culture, every background, race, political thing. But I, what unites us is our love for Jesus and our understanding of what, you know, the Bible talks about present truth. Mm -hmm. This is what brings us together mm -hmm. more than, ideally, more than anything else. And this Bible study guy, which is, it's very hard because once we're done doing our work, it goes to the 13 world divisions. They're in charge of it. So we don't, we don't really know with the GC exactly how many languages. Oh, it's wow. We've been trying to get that information for years, but, but it, we, we estimated about 125 languages mm -hmm. all over the world. And, and it is pretty heavy for me. I'll sometimes, I'll walk into a, an apartment in Tokyo and there will be people marking up and reading their Sabbath school. Mm -hmm. uh, Sabbath school. I'll be in a courtyard in a church in the Congo, and there'll be people studying their Sabbath school. So it does have quite a wide circulation sure. around. And, and basically, in principle, the idea is in church on Sabbath, during Sabbath school, everybody is 
reading off the same page. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the idea in mm -hmm. principle. So I've been doing that since uh, 1999. Uh, for seven years before that, I edited Liberty, and then for seven years before that, I edited another publication. I, I notice when uh, Jordan and I travel around the world with Mission Sunlight producing uh, mission videos, we see the adult Sabbath yeah. lessons um, in different places, and they all look a little different. You know, here in the West, we have nice, clean, colored, good oh, printing. Yeah. Uh, but over there, they can be uh, bleached out printing. They can be black and white printing. Yeah, But yeah. they're effective. It's the written word yeah. that is effective for helping yeah. people study and know more who Jesus is. Yeah, you know, it's parts of the world. I remember I had a boss years ago when I was in another department at the GC and he said he was overseas somewhere and they introduced him and they said, this is a man who comes from a country, meaning the U.S., where everybody had their own Sabbath school quarterly. Mm. And whoa, that kind of haunted him. And it haunted, you know, I think about it later, but oh yeah, it's very worldwide and we... Yeah, some of them don't have the fancy printing presses that we have. And uh, and now, of course, it's online. Who knows how many more people get it? It's online, although, and we have it online. I don't know how many languages the app has. And not now. only that, I'm in some WhatsApp groups, uh, WhatsApp groups sure. from uh, several places in Africa. So in those groups, they send out the adult Lesson yeah. studies in the WhatsApp, so we get those. Oh daily yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, text. Some of the publishing houses have a little bit of a hard time with everybody getting it free, but you know where we do it because we want to reach the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose of it. So you know, more people we reach with it. So that's been one of the amazing things about the the internet the outreach and you know you can go anywhere in the world and there's somebody on their cell phone and uh so yeah we as a church we've done everything we can to try to take advantage of that to get our message out jordan i'm just curious uh, in our travels you've you've seen like i have the adult sabbath school lesson any particular uh unique area or or, or sighting of it when you've you've seen it when we've been traveling around I can't think of a unique, uh, necessarily unique inst instance, but I think it's always interesting going into the, the jungle or an island out in the middle of the Pacific or whatever, and it's interesting that we're all studying the same thing. Yeah, yeah it's very heavy. It's very humbling. Yeah. yeah. I heard a story one time many, many years ago. A guy was in New York, and... These people carjacked his car, and they were going to take him, and they told him later they were going to kill him, mm. and they were just going to chop up the car or take parts of the car, and they had him in the back or something, and a Sabbath school quarterly fell out, and one of the thieves saw the quarterly, and he just let the guy go. Mm. He said, I saw that. I grew up with that. Obviously, it didn't connect. But uh, he saw it in his church. But anyway, that was kind of a cool story. Wow, who knew a Sabbath school lesson could save a man's yeah. life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he came under some conviction by it. Yeah, whatever it was, he saw that he realized this man he had was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he just suddenly he just let him go. Wouldn't it be fun to be in heaven and see that fellow pull up and say, hey, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping we'll have a lot of things like that. Amen. So. Amen. Some unique stories. Uh, Clifford, I know you've got an incredible testimony. Um, you've shared it uh, far and wide, but I want to 
come back in just a moment after our break and just have you share a little bit of your story. Sure. We're going to take a break. Just a reminder, missionsunlight.org is a place where you can learn more. That's mission, S-O-N, light, missionsunlight.org. And you can give there or shoot us an email with your comments too. Please share today's uh, link, the program today, or the entire podcast with a friend by text, by social media, or even by email. Take a moment right now and share it with someone. We'll be back soon with more Mission Sunlight Chat. Back to Mission Sunlight Chat. Our guest, Clifford Goldstein. Clifford, uh, many people know you around the world as uh, a prolific speaker and a dedicated uh, theologian uh, and writer. Um, I, I think your passion is writing. I see you frequently um, in the community here, and you're talking to someone about writing. Um, you've talked to us about writing. You love writing. Um, your passion is to share Jesus, right? Amen. But you haven't always been that way. Huh. Yeah, I grew up in a, I grew up in a very secular Jewish home. Okay, and I joke. Now, what does that mean? Because when I think of Jewish, I think of somebody nah, nah, who's nah, dedicated. Yeah, no, 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 Jewish. You know, there's a big question: What is a Jew? Okay, <laughs> and nobody knows. Okay? okay, I mean, I didn't grow up with any. I joke in my home, the way they kept the holidays was it was like they tried to kill us, they failed, let's eat. Okay, that was the extent of it. I grew up atheist. Nobody in my family believed in God. And we rarely ever even talked about God. Mm. And the few times we did, it was always in the context of did he exist or not. And we usually came away with he didn't. Okay, so mm. God was not on my mind. Okay. okay, I was not seeking for God, but I always was, I didn't realize it, but people told me later after they found out I became a believer, they said, you always were a seeker, okay? And I didn't even know that. I, I do know that one hat, what, one day though, one day I was in a pizza, I always liked philosophy. I was always interested in some of the big questions, you know, who, who are we, why are we here? And I was reading in a book and at that moment it hit me it hit me that, see, I grew up, it was very postmodern. You have your truth, and that's your truth. I have my truth, and that's mine. And there was no overarching Archimedean point to look and, mm. you know, see it. And I always believed that. But then it just hit me one day in this pizza parlor that, hey, there's a world here. There's a reality here. Something has to explain it, okay? Mm -hmm. There's something here. The way one um, philosopher said it, we can't help but have the feeling that something is the case, mm -hmm. okay? And at that moment, I realized that truth had to exist. Now, my realization that it had to exist 
was a total separate thing from whether I could know it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, even though I knew I can't be wrong about this. There's something here. Maybe we're all, it's an illusion. That's real. Maybe we're all in the matrix. Okay, maybe we're brains in a vat. Okay, whatever it was, maybe Marxist atheism is the truth. I didn't know, but I thought I knew it had to be out there. And that realization just stunned me. And I remember thinking, if it were possible to know what that truth was. Mm, you'd want it. I wanted it no matter where it led me, what it cost me, what I had to give up, what I had to suffer. I thought, if I could know it, I wanted to know it. Well, all I know is about three years later, I wound up as a Seventh-day Adventist, okay? which is remarkable because I only knew one Adventist growing up, and he was my dope dealer. Oh. Okay, he was the, Now, this does have a happy ending. He came back to the Lord. We had lunch at the GC one time. If anybody would have figured 25 years older seeing us together. So that was good. But the other thing, too, I used to hate two kinds of people in my life. I used to hate Christians, just very bitter over all the persecution mm -hmm. done to Jews in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't particularly like Christians, and I didn't like vegetarians. I was very carnivorous. Oh, boy, you hit the ball out of the yeah, park with yeah. Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah, I know, and I wound up. <laughs> but uh, in, in a nutshell, I, that, was, that was in that pizza parlor. That was really the only real, I would call it, intellectual moment I, I believe it was a moment of pure rationality something is here yeah. something is here something has to explain it and so I realized there had to be truth and then after that everything else that happened to me that got me to a, be a believer was very well it was mystical it was it was I, I kind of sort of had my own Damascus Road experience mm -hmm. and just very quickly, I, uh, well, I had a whole other story. At one point, I said, God, if you're there, I need a sign. And I had this, some amazing signs that just like, wow, there really is something out there. But okay. to get to the rub of it, you mentioned I was, you know, writing. And I grew up, I knew I was going to be a novelist or nothing growing up. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write novels. And I have writers in my family. My uncle was a respected novelist and I had started a novel my senior year in college okay I went and this book was my life that nothing mattered to me I graduated college only because I just wanted to get it out of the way even though I was an English major all I wanted to do was write my novel and in many ways the novel dominated my life more than I dominated the life of the characters you know it was just Everything centered around me writing this book. Nothing else mattered to me. Well, as I said, I had a, a bunch, I had these pretty miraculous experiences that just opened me up. I was suddenly open to the reality that the worldview that I was taught my whole life Atoms in the void, a purely naturalistic worldview, everything in the universe ideally could be explained through biology, chemistry, or even particle physics. Okay, mm -hmm. nothing supernatural, it never entered my mind. Mm -hmm. But after I had a few of those experiences, I suddenly realized, well, that's a very narrow view of reality. I mean, no one's going to deny the natural world, but. 
But anyway, the bottom line was I had uh, been working on, I had these experiences that opened me wide up to it, but nothing mattered to me but that book. And uh, I went back to my room one night. It was Gainesville, Florida. Hmm. It was the fall of 1979. I had put two and a half years in that book. And when you're 23, two and a half years is a long time. I was willing to put two and a half more into it. It didn't matter. Nothing mattered to me but that book. And then, and this is fascinating too, because I've been telling the story for 40 some years. But only in the past year or two did this one little detail come in. And that's a long story, what made me think of it. But I went back to my room to work on my novel. And for some reason, and I don't know why, as I said, having these supernatural, I was having supernatural cult stuff. Okay, this was demonic stuff besides some of the other things. So I knew there was something else out there. And for some reason, right, I had a little manual typewriter. You know, people said, well, didn't you have your book in the cloud? It was a manual (laughs) typewriter. I closed my eyes right before I started to work, and I uttered maybe a three-second prayer. I didn't know who I was praying to, whatever. I just uttered a prayer. And what theologian John Peckham calls the rules of engagement See, the devil had me. I was in the occult. I was, I, I was getting swept on a, but I offered that prayer and somehow in the rules of engagement in this great controversy between good and evil that I find all through the scripture, mm-hmm. that was the opening the Lord needed. And at that moment, the presence of the, presence of the Lord Jesus Christ came to me in the room. Amen. And his exact words to me were, Cliff, if you want me tonight, burn your novel. Mm. He showed me at that inch. I mean, a day before, I would have cut somebody's throat to defend the novel. But the bottom line, if you want me tonight, burn that novel. He showed me in an instant. That novel was my God, okay? So Mm. the bottom line is I have this back and forth, but then ultimately, of my own free will, knowing nothing about God or the salvation. If you would have told me I was a sinner that day, I would have not known what you were talking about. Only knowing I met God, it's like my own Damascus Road. I burned that novel that night. I died to it. And that was when I was born again. And it's funny because for about two years, I never did any more writing. Mm. Then one day the door opened up for me to write. And for 40 some years now, that's all I've been doing ever since. And that there's a lot more to it. If you Googled my name, Cliff Goldstein testimony, you'd find the thing out there. You'd find 10 minute versions, hour and a half versions. So anyway, that was it. That was the gist of it. So uh, let's say that we've got some viewers and listeners out there who have not yet experienced what you've experienced. Where would you tell them to turn? Well, you know, this what if is, they're looking for something online, maybe? Yeah, well, this is the thing. That experience, not everybody's going to have something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, not everybody, you know, not every, you know, not everybody had a Damascus Road experience as Paul did. I don't know why I had all that, but I've met, you know, I don't know. I, I just would say is you've got to be surrendered. You've got to 
want to know truth, want to know what's right, want to do what's right more than anything else. If you surrender to that, I believe the Lord in his own way, tailored to your own circumstances, he will reach. Now, it might not be the bells. I mean, I don't, I gave you a gist. I tell people some of the other stuff. I've had people accuse me of lying because they couldn't believe the right. stuff. Okay, and I'm just saying that's what I needed. I know some more faithful believers who never had anything like that. Okay, you don't have to have all that. But oh, look, all I know is once I realized that truth had to exist, for, and it was really weird, for some reason, and I don't know why, I, I felt this moral obligation. You know, and I wasn't thinking God. I just thought, wow, truth had to exist. You know, I really need to find out what it is. Mm. No, don't ask me why I thought that. I believe now it was the Holy Spirit working on me. Yep. But... All I know is I wanted to know it no matter what. It cost me everything, and here I am. Amen. So anyway, so. I want to say to our viewers and listeners, we hope you've been encouraged by the program today. We have more to come. Remember, you can give at missionsunlight.org, and you can share this program with anyone right now. Thanks for doing both or either. We'll be back with more Mission Sunlight Chat. Our salvation is a day-to-day -day matter, isn't it? The real principle of the Sabbath is reconnecting ourselves with the Creator. We must learn to abide in Jesus now. We move ahead with our mission objectives, recognizing that we are serving together the Most High God. Welcome back to Mission Sunlight Chat. Our guest today, Clifford Goldstein. Clifford, you have been, uh, as you mentioned, working with and for the church for a number of years, um, writing. You've been doing writing pretty much all your career. Um, as you look around, you have interacted with people at various levels of the church down to the local church level. And, you know, I know that sometimes there are struggles at the church level where they're concerned about their resources and their ability to to, to provide things in, in the local church. The Sabbath school quarterly is a very important asset for the weekly and the daily life of the church member. Many church members use that specifically as their daily devotional. Um, and so what you and your team put into words there into text is hopefully a blessing, but I'm sure there have been moments where there have been some challenges uh, oh, yeah. for folks as well. Well, you know, the thing is, it's like we had one dear brother called us up, used to call us up all the time, all the error and the heresy in the quarterly. And then he would harangue my staff. And I finally said, look, have him talk to me. So we, uh, and I try to be nice to these people. I really <laughs> do. I mean, uh, you know, I think I hung up on somebody one time in, in all these years. But I just said, brother, how dumb do you think we, the leadership is? Do you think they're going to let the Sabbath school quarter year after year put all this error in? You know, things slip through. 
you know, things slip through and you might disagree on something and, and, and other people view it. Because words are nuanced. Yeah, of course, of course, you know, yeah, and you view it. And, and, and you know, Sister White talks about that. People are going to look at things. But but all in all, I mean, I would like to think everything in there is solid Adventism. And we I have committees that read over and so on. But, yeah, but it happens. But it's... Uh, you know, you have to make your faith your own. Yeah, I wrote a book years ago called The Remnant. And it was like, see, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist for one reason alone. One and only one reason alone. I mean, the church has been good to me. People have been good to me. But I am here because of the teachings, the teachings alone. I mean... You know, it was very hard for me to become a Seventh-day Adventist, okay? Uh, it was not easy, okay? It was never been a great fit. I'm a secular Jew from Miami Beach. This is a conservative Protestant church. But I tell the Adventists, you're stuck with me. <laughs> from the things I believe in, the experiences I've had, I have, I have to be here. I mean, think about it for a minute. If you were going to, you're mad at the church for whatever reason, and there's always a easy to find something to be mad about okay you want to leave but if you're not going to give up the sabbath you've wiped out 99 percent of your options mm. okay if you know that's if, if, i mean that's got to be one of the most basic simple truths you could find the validity of god's law the perpetuity of god's law the seventh day i mean so if you're not going to give that up you've wiped out 99% of your options. So you got 1% left. Well, if you're not going to believe that at death, mean old Uncle Louie is going to burn in a hole in the ground with sulfur for eternity for whatever 60 years of finite sins he committed, or that sweet Aunt Sally just zoom, took off and is up in heaven. If you, if you know better than that, You've wiped out 99% of your 1%. So you see what, I, so these are things, at least as far as I'm concerned, that I just make it very easy for me to state, despite whatever problems that come. I hear a lot of older Adventists use this term, the truth, the truth, the truth. Yeah. But I well, think it's important. It's not just the truth. It's the truth as it is in Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, well, that's the thing. In the end... In the, uh, you know, I remember I was in the office of one of the VPs at the GC one time. And I said, if you think about what we believe, we believe that the power who created the cosmos, you know, in the James Webb Space Telescope, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, we can't grasp it. You know, the power that created everything that's been made, mm -hmm. okay? John 1, 1 through 3, anything that was made was made by Jesus, okay? So anything that once didn't exist and came into existence, Jesus. The God who did this, who not just creates it, but sustains it, okay? Every, it sustains it. He shrank down, okay? Became a human infant, a baby, okay? Then became a human and then lived, you know, did his thing here, you know, blah, blah. Well, I'd say blah, blah, blah. I mean, of course. And then died bearing our... I mean, if you believe that, which is what we teach. Amen. How... I said, what... What... How do we respond to that? 
what what could we you know it's like it's so overwhelming what how do we respond what and, and anything if you want to get the idea of the futility of salvation by works you're going to add to that you're going to add to that and i said how do we respond to that and i'll never forget the vp looked at me and he said all we could do is worship yeah and i thought wow Wow. And uh, so so put aside church politics, put aside all that. This is ultimately what we believe. Jesus, this is why we want to serve him, because he did that for us. Everything else, I mean, look, I'm not saying doctrine is important. It is, okay? We need to know what we believe. We need to know why we believe it, and we want our doctrines as solid as we can. But in the end... In the end, in the light of that, in the light of that, what else matters? And it's like, whoa, I think about that sometimes, and it gets a little overwhelming. And I just say, all right, Lord, just have mercy on my soul and forgive me for not living up to the way I should live knowing that. And I just press on in faith, claiming. I often say to people, if I'm not saved, by what saved the, you know, here's the thief on the cross. He admitted he belonged there. The Romans who didn't want to crucify Jesus crucified him. They didn't crucify him for stealing bread. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever he did was bad enough to deserve to be, he even said, I deserve to be crucified. He deserved to be there. He was cursing Jesus. And then he asked Jesus to save him. And what does Jesus say? Well, friend, I'd really like to help you, but you shouldn't have been cursing me. Mm. Well, friend, you know, thou shall not steal. Jesus looked at this guy who had absolutely nothing to offer and basically said, I'm telling you, despite what you've done, despite your faults, despite your sin, you shall be with me in paradise. Amen. And if I'm not, and I, and, and if I'm not saved by the same thing that saved the thief on the cross, I'm just lost. You know, I don't debate with people over this. It doesn't mean, you know, God doesn't give, hasn't given me a new life. It doesn't mean I, I strive to overcome. I strive to be faithful. And that I think I, God could get more out of me than he got on the thief on the cross. But in the end, ultimately, I rest on that every day. Amen. And if I don't have that, I've got nothing. So. Amen. Clifford Goldstein, thanks for sharing with us today. Some powerful words there, powerful testimony. Um, As he said, you can search out his name and learn more about him on YouTube channels everywhere. Um, uh, That's today's program for the Media Missionaries of Network 7 Media Center. This has been Mission Sunlight Chat. As I said, our guest, Clifford Goldstein, thanks so much for joining us, sir. I'm Christopher Beeson, your host and today's engineer, our director of production, Jordan Wagner, we thank you for joining us. We thank you for sharing the program with your friends via text, email, on your social media platforms. We also thank you for your gifts and your prayers, but especially your prayers. That's all today from our studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is Mission Sunlight Chat. Mm -hmm.